Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. This week I'm joined by YouTube legend Airjapes FIFA and EA bound Jamie, aka The Foot Economist. We discuss EA play revelations from Volta to big proposed gameplay changes. I'm your host Ben and you'll hear all that and more on this week's Foot Weekly podcast brought to you by Foothead and our patrons. Just a quick disclaimer that the views that Jamie shares on this podcast are his own views, not that of his future employer, uh, EA Sports FIFA. Hello and welcome to week 38 of the Foot Weekly podcast and I'm delighted to be joined by a fairly familiar pair of guests this week one of whom has been on a lot and he's about to head off to ea so no surprises it is the foot economist jamie how are you doing hi ben i'm great how are you yeah good thanks and it's actually interesting because although you've both been on the podcast a lot we haven't actually had you on at the same time so the next guest is air japes japes how are we doing i am doing just fantastic thank you for having me on great and uh, Jamie, obviously, because he's about to start working yeah, on Monday, Jamie, right? Yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, he's out in Canada at the moment. He's sleeping under Zaro's kitchen table or something like that. Yeah, his attic. In his attic, yeah. <laughs> but you're about to start work there and you've been keeping across EA Play because you are not any more in the know than anyone else, right? That's right, yeah. it was uh, As I saw some of these leaks coming out on Twitter, um, I was getting you know just as excited as everybody else. <laughs> and I was just as confused mm. as everybody else. For example, when they came out with a thing about they're taking away the right stick skill moves and it was going to turn into like Mortal Kombat for the skill moves. I was freaking out just as much as yeah. everybody else. So, And actually, uh, the, the reason why that misconception happened was because they're introducing a whole new game mode. Japes, I know you haven't quite so across this, so feel free to ask questions on this. It's uh, something they've um, promoted through trailers and things and, and you know nice visuals as they always do. Um, and it's essentially a... Uh, small-sided games in varying different arenas and um, there's futsal there's 3v3s there's like little urban kind of cage games i've actually also just been on a call just for game changes about this mode so i know a bit more than what was put into the ea play trailer so i might be able to come up with a few things that aren't already known one thing is that you're going to be able to purchase cosmetic items from a store but at the moment it's not going to be monetized there's no sort of microtransaction purchases. So from launch, that won't be the case, which covers them against the sort of backlash that you had for Battlefield. What was it? Star Wars Battlefront, Battlefront wasn't it? Back then, yeah. So that that's kind of one thing to, to sort of point out early on. But in terms of the mode, you're talking about that sort of when you're doing skills and there was this rumor that you weren't going to be able to use the right stick to do skills. That actually comes from the fact that in this Volta game, 
there's going to be a really simple way to execute certain skills. They didn't go into details without using the right stick so that a sort of beginner player can do some skills fairly easily, mm. which seems a bit of a get out, but that's not going to be in the rest of the full-sided pitch games that are in other modes or anything like that. So it's just for that mode. And I think that kind of highlights the fact that Volta is maybe an attempt to bring more casual players like the journey into foot and to spend money on microtransactions. You know, I got multiple texts from friends yesterday who haven't touched FIFA in years, um, you know, ever since like mm. you know, they started college, essentially. Uh, who were ecstatic about you know starting up again and, and wanting to get into this street soccer as they called it back in the back in the states and uh, you know I, I had people that I don't even know that well asking me like hey can you get me a free copy of next year's game because they wanted to try out <laughs> the uh, the new street soccer or the street football whatever you want to call it Volta mode so this is definitely something that I think is actually going to do a very good job of that um, getting getting casuals excited. Okay. I'm going to jump in here real quick because I'm a little curious just to get you to elaborate there a little bit. Why? Like the guys that were giving you a call saying, can you give me a copy or shoot you a text or whatever and are interested in this? Like, why do you think they're interested on my side? My brother saw this and was like, I just don't care about this mode at all. And he's I would call him like a super, super casual player. So like just for my own curiosity, what do you think the kind of incentives are for the casual to want to jump into this versus playing with their like local club team or their favorite club team? Yeah, so I think some of it might be some priming on my part, uh, because when we used to play, we used to play pro clubs back in the day. Um, and it was it, we had a ton of fun. We had a squad of about four or five guys that would do it. And I used to talk about like sort of the glory days of when there was uh, FIFA Street. And I think I sort of primed them a little bit to sort of associate FIFA Street with a really good time. So maybe my, my friend group is, is sort of you know, an isolated case where these people think it's, it's really exciting because I told them it's really exciting. <laughs> and then this is like, exactly. I mean, which always works. This is, in, this but, is influencer uh, marketing 101. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, they should. But I, I, I do think that there is this... I'm going to assume this might be going out on limb, Japes, but your brother is a bit older than maybe 25, let's say. Yeah, yeah. And I think ultimately for me, there's like a few things. I think When I think back to FIFA Street, I feel like for me, that was just like a miserable experience. And I truly mm. disliked those games uh, because if you tried to play with skills and have fun with it, then you'd come against a guy who just wanted to like score goals, right? And I think it's a, mm. it'll be a tricky to see how it's executed. My understanding is too, there's not like a pro clubs drop-in type style. That That is what we understand is the case. And, and actually to add to that, there was very much a suggestion that it could be something that's added in the future, my understanding is, but it's not something we're going to see in FIFA yeah, it's it's truly bonkers to me that that's not something that's added. So for like for Jamie to be able to play with these friends that he's now got excited about the game, it's like not possible unless they're hopping on a plane and heading up to Canada, right? Like that's <laughs> that's not possible for them to do, which just feels like truly crazy. My but ultimately my like biggest concern with this game mode and with this addition is that time and resources that could have been devoted to making a better FIFA 20 experience for their core components or like the traditional pro clubs or career mode or the other game modes that have been tried, tested and true that fans have come back for year and year again. Like all of those resources that could have gone to making those better went to this and those are going to get neglected again. And obviously only time will tell. But for me, as a huge fan of the title, seeing that as the first thing that's been released and been hyped up is ultimately concerning. Mm hmm. I can kind of see your point on that, but I think what is worth noting is that they are closing the journey and I assume the resources that went into that are now going into this is my understanding. And also their presumably thought process is if we can do this well, we can link it into foot, we can increase microtransactions and income through this, then we we can spend, you know, it's, it's that model of like, this is our idea for growing. Sort of pay for itself. Yeah. yeah just to yeah, play you know, devil's advocate, James. I think if like, it, the, if the mode does really well and it does what it's sort of intended to do, which is to get people that maybe have, have let the series go to come back, 
then hopefully it would pay for the developers that like took the time out of you know possibly developing for sure a hundred percent hundred percent from a business perspective like that makes a ton of sense and it's certainly a unique idea to bring which ultimately i think they tried with the journey to like bring your casual kind of story mode maybe back to the series and obviously if that's cut that didn't work out so it makes sense to move guys on to something like this so i think you know with the talk of futsal versus like fifa street there hopefully there is a gem of a game mode in there ultimately like the physics and the mechanics though are going to be hugely hugely important and so i'm i guess i'm sort of taking a like wait and see but i'm holding my breath i'm i this is like one of those things for me that i'm really like the first thing released i was just like not that excited for so hopefully i'm hopefully i'm wrong though which certainly i've been before so um, yeah actually just quickly on that one of the things that i personally was excited about was the idea that this might be five aside as in a pro clubs equivalent because personally i think pro clubs is great but 100 aside is just a really tough thing to achieve in any context getting 11 people you know together to play or do anything to be honest is, is difficult and uh getting them to play regularly is really hard so a squad of like four or five i mean that seems relatively achievable and it seems perfect for that and that would offer me something quite different from foot yeah, if you think when the journey came out too, like everybody was super excited, they like played through parts mm. or all of it, and then we're like, eh. So if this, yes, this will be a mode where you can, it'll have some sort of like online component or you can play with your friends that are there. But ultimately, if it feels like a playthrough where you're just adding, you know, apparel or aesthetics to your pro or whoever, whatever they decide your character in this mode, if that's like what it ends up being, like that's going to be. A massive letdown, I think, for your hardcore soccer or footy fans that are wanting that something just a bit more. Right. Especially, I think the thing with cosmetics items, too, you look at Fortnite and how well they've done with cosmetic items. The reason it worked in Fortnite and the reason they created such a culture around it was because you played with your friends and you showed off. But if you can't, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. If you can't show off, then there's who you should like. Yes, you can play online against other people, but it's not like those people are going to be like, "Yo, sick tattoo." Like they're not going to like go out of their way to compliment you on earning some cosmetic item that you grinded for. Yeah, at the at the end, you're going to get a message, and it's going to be like "lol gg douche with a tattoo," or you know, or something like (laughs) something super (laughs) FIFA related. That's like if you're you know you've got your super tatted out character that's trying to go for skills and that sort of thing, and then after you're going to get a message from the guy that's like lol gg and he's trying to score a goal and does like a step over the entire time so the futsal mode is the most interesting to me but that i'm just worried like how are the physics and mechanics going to feel for that uh because Mm. if you replicated like the mechanics of actual fifa into that sort of thing like it's going to be a nightmare so one thing that is worth noting which i know from the um, game changer chat we have with the producer and he's called Jeff Antwi um, he's a guy who did the EA Play Talk if you've watched that and basically he was saying that one of the things that's crucial to these modes is that they use um, a futsal ball so they don't use the cool. same ball physics um, yep, which I guess heavier. would make quite a difference Yeah. the other thing to add to that is that they've done a lot of work on like blocking if you think that in a lot of the in Volta game modes there's no goalkeeper so you have to have much more intelligent and just more animations for blocking on the line and and stopping the ball going in the goal. So I think they've actually implemented some of that into FIFA generally is is my understanding. So there's been a few advancements for FIFA itself through that. And actually, does anyone have any points on Volta they want to bring up before we move on? Because I feel like it's it's not necessarily something that foot kind of hardcore players will get super into. And I think especially if we don't see five five players versus five players uh, as a thing. Yeah, Ben, while you were talking about that, I can help but think to myself, like, this feels like a perfect opportunity to have your, like, five on five as a full manual game mode, mm-hmm. right? Where, like, yeah, with yeah. the smoke, like, how how cool would that be for mm-hmm. somebody that's a hardcore fan, loves the, like, pro clubs or the five aside, like, or at least make it, like, semi-manual or semi-assisted, like, tone it, tone it back so that with the small goals and everything, like, the top players will truly be crazy at this. And it would be so, so fun to watch from a competitive standpoint as well mm-hmm. or from, like, a streaming standpoint. If you got five guys who are fantastic full manual players against five other, like, the, full, the guys that are good will truly, truly dominate if that was a thing. So, I don't 
don't know. Obviously, I'm going off into dreamland there, but <laughs> Jamie finished <laughs> this one out for us. Yeah, I mean, that that's actually a great idea, James. Like thinking about like if they were to do that just as a separate game mode too. Like they wouldn't, you know, you didn't, you wouldn't have to like change the core mechanics because you would want to keep the casual players engaged and a manual mode would probably frustrate casual players. Um, but if they could sort of append that on, that would be interesting. You know, the other thing I was going to say too was that I was worried that, you know, the one thing that I think could keep a player like myself, um, who's you know, obviously played foot for years, interested for longer than a month maybe, would have been to play or, or to play in the online mode. And if that became something that I, you know, found you know, really fun, then I could sort of see myself playing for, for a good amount of time, actually. Um, my one worry would be that in online, sort of as Air Japes is, is alluding to, in a game mode that's like they've, they're literally making and developing, uh, well, I'm, I'm assuming this year, it probably was in the works for a while now, is it's going to be, there's probably going to be a couple things that are really easy to manipulate, you know, and those are going to take like mm. an extensive, if they want to like, you know, keep up with this game mode, it's probably going to take an extensive amount of uh, patching and like, you know, following the meta as it develops in the community and like seeing what works and like, does this one skill move, is it really, really overpowered and how it's going to balance? So, it would be a, a huge task to to get it right in the first try. Is, is kind of yeah. What, I know. think talking real quick about the as like a foot player, like wanting to get in there and play more. I and you know you are the foot economist here, but certainly for <laughs> anybody that's a hardcore foot player, that is a huge opportunity cost for your ultimate team to devote mm. like a significant amount of time to this yeah, game yeah. mode. So I like. Which is the same thing with like why, you know, people talk with like pro clubs and career mode and that sort of stuff and like why they don't get the attention. And ultimately, if you have a finite amount of hours that you can spend playing FIFA, and I'm certainly in that case, if I am committed to ultimate team and want to have a fantastic ultimate team, that's still my favorite game mode, then like playing Mm -hmm. all of the other ones is just a lost opportunity to make my ultimate team better. Yeah, I I honestly think one of the things that they could do, which would be unbelievably good and also do huge things for them financially would be to merge it in some way at some point and i'm sure they probably have this in mind in some sense where you'd be able to use your foot cards without a position like there'd just be a a foot card with the stats in a a 5v5 mode and you'd also have your player who you customize in there as well and that player you could add various different kind of tweaks to and, and 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 you could add these things that you'll probably have to buy through microtransactions even though currently you don't <laughs> yeah. um, onto your player and I think that'll probably do really well for them I think be, even beyond that though like clearly ultimate team is obviously the money maker for EA like that's no secret yeah. right there so it's it's, sho- it's truly shocking to me that FIFA has or EA hasn't taken approach with these like daily objectives that are applied to the entire game. So you could that will apply mm. give you rewards for ultimate teams. So like if you're playing this Volta and you get whether it's like a I don't know, I don't want to say like a lone icon or you know you get like an 80 or rare gold pack or something each time you like level up like people are going to jump on that game mode. You know what I mean? So mm. I, like, it's it's truly a little bit surprising to me that EA hasn't taken these daily objectives or the idea of like login objectives or however you want to do to the entire game and not just to ultimate team. Because ultimately, if you give them ultimate team rewards for all of these, what would be like objectives or accomplishments in other game modes, it's going to drive more players to yeah. ultimate team and they're going to spend more money. So like from a business standpoint, it's it's a little bit shocking that that hasn't happened yet. But I suppose, like, on the other hand, surely with this Volta mode, like with Alex Hunter, the amount of people who are playing with um, with Alex Hunter, <laughs> right, in foot, is just ridiculous. Like, he's not a good card, but you saw people playing with him. So I'm assuming <laughs> he was my, from a sort of economic... He was my roommate's sorry. starting striker for, like, four yeah, yeah, weeks exactly. when he first started. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that just shows they're bound to do something, right, to bridge that sort of gap. And, and I think actually what you're saying is a great idea. Using objectives you have to do in Volta, or at least that means when people unlock things in Volta, they'll be unlocking things in Ultimate Team, and then they'll go check that out in the same way, I guess. Yeah, they just need to make sure that, like, if Alex Hunter, if there was a way for him to continually get better, like, throughout the course of the year on Ultimate Team, like, that, mm. that to me should be there 100%, because nobody, like... What, what was he, a 77 rated striker or something like that? Like, 75 even. Maybe, 75, like, what's the point, right? I, like, I don't mm. mean to be like a jerk, but like, what's the point? But if Alex Hunter could have progressed to, by team of the season, be a 90 rated striker, like, people would have committed and stayed with that. Or, you know, like, you'd still see him running around in some squads today. So I, I just hope they take a, you know, I hope they see the forest through the trees uh, mm. with these different game modes. Yeah, one little... um nuggets of information that i don't think i've heard talked about is 
quite a fun thing they're going to have in the mode. I think it will probably just be offline. They'll have like pink slips, so when you beat the opposition team, you can take one of their players, which is quite a fun um, little thing and a, a throwback to a certain time of FIFA that you were probably involved in, Ajax. Uh, I never, I did pink slips like a couple <laughs> times, but I, I generally took a different content approach where I sort of just did what yeah, I yeah. thought was interesting to like the detriment of my channel in many ways. You had ways of entertaining which didn't involve that kind of thing, yeah? Didn't involve games. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, uh, it looks like a really interesting mode. We're going to have to see how things develop very early days. And with all this stuff, it's such early days, it's really hard to come to conclusions. And I wanted to draw everyone's attention to actually two things. One, Foot Economist, Jamie, yourself, you've put out some clips from the event and various other things on Twitter, which are really good. People can check those out. I guess they're bite-sized chunks of information about what's coming. And then Chewboy's done a, a sort of thread about playing FIFA 20 itself. And he's obviously been at EA Play. There's a few people who will probably be on the podcast who will have played the game. But in all of this, and everyone who's putting out information about this has caveated it heavily. Like, this is a really early build of the game. The amount the game changes is is huge over the course of the few months building up to the release. So I wouldn't take these too seriously, right. if that makes sense, or, or just don't read too much into it. But I suppose there are a few things which are quite interesting. A lot of people are talking about how AI defending has been very nerfed. And I think that's been one of the big focuses for FIFA 20, this idea of 1v1 defending being really important is definitely uh, something that I've heard a lot of people talk about. There is also an addition to that, which I know you picked up on, Jamie, at the talk from EA Play. Uh, Sam Rivera, the gameplay producer, was talking a lot about the idea of there being more space. Do you want to just try and explain <laughs> what that actually means? I, yeah, I think essentially what it is, um, especially at high-level gameplay, is that second-man jockey is going to be far less effective you know, mm. at least according to according to him, and that you know it, it's going to be sort of if you go for a tackle, you're going to commit. I think sort of like the two way street of that is that if you go for a tackle, one of the things that they're talking about is this thing called plan tackling. I think is the the phrase that they're using oh, for yeah, it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which will make it so that you're you have a much higher percentage chance of actually coming away with the ball if you completed a successful tackle. A successful manual tackle. A, right, correct. I think the idea was yeah. that they would like try and tackle it towards a teammate or tackle it, you know, so that they would come through the engagement with the ball. But, you know, sort of on the flip side of things, it's like like if you miss that tackle, there's supposed to be a really big punishment for that. Um, and, you know, I think that's something that we've been asking for for a long time. Again, one thing I, I just want to reemphasize, Ben, all the stuff that we're talking about right now, I think it's important to, to learn from, from last year. A lot of the things that we really liked at the capture event it turned out to be things that sort of bit us in the butt as the, as the, mm. as the meta developed. You know, something like yeah, you know, time true, finishing, yeah. for example, as, as people really figured out how all that, you know, kind of worked and ways to abuse it. You know, obviously, it's it's good to be hopeful and some of the changes that they've made, but just to sort of <laughs> the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. Once once you know you you give it to thousands and thousands of hours of gameplay testing. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. And the other thing that in that one on one context, I've seen videos of is this kind of new like dragging the ball back thing, mm. which you can do with your player, where you're essentially opening up space. And I guess that's what he's talking about, about open more ways to kind of open up space and, and give your player more time on the ball. The only thing that did remind me of was that sort of crab dribble so many people mm. used, where they'd sort of walk it backwards and it would be incredibly difficult. But on the other hand, maybe that done in a way that's not as quick and also has a, a realistic animation would maybe be okay. What, what are your thoughts on this kind of seemingly more intangible idea of um, having more space, Japes? Uh, I mean, I love space. Like, <laughs> so the idea of that is great to me. And in theory, I think that should be there, you know, like, uh, mm. and I hope it feels different to, or the, the amount of space that you have feels different based on the pitches that you choose to use. Cause like, obviously all pitches like aren't the same size. And so if you're playing it like Cam New, you should feel like you're yeah. playing at Camp New, but Ultimately, for me, it's great because in many ways, like when you look at the real sport, isolating players and to where you actually have space to be able to take them on is great. Like that's a, certainly a viable tactic. So I'll be curious to see how they go about doing that. <laughs> I think that's ultimately mm. like where it comes in. But I, I don't know, I like I like the idea of this feature. Like in theory, mm. it's really cool and is a useful addition to make the sport feel more realistic. I just my, hope, again, that it's tuned well. My, my one big worry with uh, some of the stuff that they're talking about with me adding more space and toning down AI defending is I think the, a good way to tone down AI defending uh, for me would be you know decreasing stuff like second man pressing and making it so that 
you know, if, if you're not manually controlling someone that's on the ball, then they're not going to track the player well when he's dribbling. They're going to fall for skill moves. They're going to get thrown off balance if you change direction really quickly. That kind of stuff makes a lot of sense to me. But something that would make me nervous is if they said to AI, you know, toning down AI defending was making, you know, marking worse or making it so that they don't track runs as well. Like that kind of stuff is, I hope they're not going in that direction when they say more space. 100%. Like the, it, the what you're talking about with the second man press, like getting beaten by dummy skill moves, I think would be like if you could do a ball roll and the second man press guy would just be like, oh, no, <laughs> I, like that's obviously the extreme of it. But, you know, we've all played people that take their holding midfielder, hit second man press and they just like chill out. Right. They're, they drop all the way back right. and they don't actually do anything. And being able to attack them feels bad. And so for me, when I think about watching my favorite teams play against squads that do stuff like that, that really pack it in. If you can find if they're if they're giving a way to create space out wide or pull players out of position to isolate, whether it's in one v one matchups or whatever it might be, so you can actually attack that. Like that is a good thing because that is how mm. you would go about it. You know, when when clubs play against Man City, they like pack it in, say very tight defensively, get a lot of players behind the ball. But Man City has plenty of space to go like out wide and come back in and you see the fullbacks overlap and try to create right. two on one so they can attack from width. And in FIFA, that it, currently with how it works, like you don't really have to worry about that. You know what I mean? Like not not really, not the same way. And so, you know, as long as they're not making defenders brain dead, I think, I, I don't know, I think there's a, a happy balance with the AI I guess they like recognize what's happening, but if you if you as a user tell them to press with a second man at the wrong time, they're gonna get like confused. I, I don't mm. know if that makes sense. But sort of recognize what's to, happening, but uh, don't make the intervention themselves. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think something like that to where because you obviously want like if if my left back and my right back don't track the wingers, these are pro players. They should track those wingers. Like if they go brain dead for a second because it's deemed that like Mo Salah is out there and he's the for the sake of argument, like highest rated winger in the game. Mm -hmm. And because of the way statistically I've got like a 75 rated left back that's marking Mo Salah or something like that. And it says, hey, this player does not have good positioning and Mo Salah does, so I'm gonna just go brain dead and not mark him. Like that's gonna feel really, really bad. So it, mm. we'll have to wait and see how the statistics and player ratings interact with each other to truly get an understanding of AI. And here's the thing, if that is how it works and they say brain dead players that do brain dead things consistently, and there, look, there are tons of players out there that make terrible choices all the time. <laughs> if they are gonna say those players are gonna be really, really exploitable, then perhaps players with high IQ, like Tony Cruz, for example, mm. all of a sudden mm. become great players and are super usable. And so that's where my head goes like, wait a second, is this opening up a realm of possibilities for players that are that have high, you know, football intelligence, we'll take their term, and are gonna be usable yeah. now in Ultimate Team because that's a worthwhile, you know, rating or interaction that's gonna make a difference. And I'm all for that. It's, it's the old uh, Tony Cruz is gonna be usable this year. Uh, trope. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I hold on. I did not say he's going to be usable. I said I I would love it if yeah, yeah, if that was part of what they were doing. And he, the perfect another perfect example to me is like PK, right? Or like all, uh, Mats Hummels, who's good, but all these like slow center backs that are right. considered like top center backs in the world that. You'd rather take like, I don't know, Juan Jesus or whatever. And Juan right. Jesus does some seriously debatable stuff in real life. <laughs> and his decision making is very questionable. And mm. he performs better on Ultimate Team than like PK does because he's pacey. Like, I, I don't know. I hope this changes that a little bit. The other thing people forget to factor in actually a little bit in that is the problem with that is also the special cards towards the end having, especially even after Team of the Year really this year, as players get special cards, they become really, really excellent at defending, which PK is very good at, but they happen to also be really quick. Right. So those players become very much the players people use. But I know what you mean. And, and, and in terms of the actual kind of development of the game itself, that is really the holy grail, isn't it? The different styles, uh, as we always say, different styles are effective and also different players who aren't necessarily just the quickest or the strongest. And I, I wonder this year whether that will see much of a difference in that. And one thing that 
has concerned me slightly and, and seems to be celebrated, which I don't really understand, is that apparently pace is going to be, in quotes, important again. I don't know what it is people are getting oh, at. Oh, You know, pacing behind is going to be really effective once more. I didn't really... I, pace is still effective this year. It's not ineffective. And I thought the narrowing of the gap between the fastest players and, and the slowest players seemed actually quite sensible. You could catch players with your defenders because they were dribbling the ball. And that's kind of how real football works. You, you actually rarely see a player sprint a quarter or half of the pitch and get through on goal without a defender closing them down. So I don't know. That was, yeah, that was a little bit of a concern that a few people were mentioning that. That said, obviously, again, it really, really is early days on that that front and also people talking about the sort of game being slower and things like that i'm i'm pro with the game getting slower and if that's the game getting slower is like the ball moving slower in a sense Mm. like i think i think that makes a lot of sense then if you slow the ball down you increase the space available and then you're still able able to ping those over the top runs so that players that are faster are going to feel faster but like the over the top ball doesn't just like magic over your back line in half a second Mm. I, i think slowing the pace of the ball down is important and if you look at manual defending manual defending is you'll get you'll still get ruined if passing is that easy and the ball moves that fast Right. Like mm, yeah, yeah. it's still going to be super, super challenging. So I think in order to make manual defending feel more rewarding, you've got to slow the ball down a little bit. And yes, you're create, you know, adding space or a, however that'll play out. But by slowing the ball down, you're going to create these matchups and opportunities. And so I hope that similar to the way they're talking about these 135 degree shots being changed and nerfed like 135 degree passes Mm. and they like let's let's take a look at the whole body positioning or the way you know directional passing shooting you know crossing defending and how you're what's a perfect like I don't know if you're defending like your perfect boxer stance and the way you're going to like tackle. And that's I, I just hope that they take a look at all of it and incorporate new physics into all of it versus just saying, well, we took a look at and shooting was really the problem here. But it's like, mm. well, if you're making the AI defending harder and you want to be able to manually intercept and manually defend, like people shouldn't be able to make these outrageous passes. Like, let's not make outrageous passing a thing. Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Like one of the things that, speaks to your point here is that they have looked at completely revamping ball physics it seems that's one of the big things they've suggested Mm. i know we will talk about the new penalty system as well which they've implemented well not penalty it's not just penalties actually it's free kicks as well and japes you were saying that you thought the ball movement on that looks looked much more realistic in the clip yeah the one i don't know the one he hits like top left if you if you go out now and hit a penalty top left grab your controller, go out and do it. Like watch your players run up and the way they actually strike the ball and the way the ball moves. Like it just doesn't feel like if you were watching Harry Kane take that exact same penalty and standing five yards behind him, it's not going to feel like it would. And what I saw in the clip made me think that's a lot closer to what I'd expect in that situation if I was watching a real match. Mm. So I think that for me is one of the more exciting things that I've seen so far. I agree. Mm. The ball movement did look a lot better. I think the one thing that's like kind of tricky about penalties too is like, I agree, James, I don't know if you were specifically mentioning this, but sometimes the animation looks a bit off too. Like you'll see oh, them, them go up yes. and the animation just doesn't really look like that's where the ball should have gone off the foot. And I think like some of the problem with that is like if you had a tell on the animation that showed which direction that they were going, it would obviously be, you know, you could you could manipulate that. Pro players would be able to manipulate that. And they'd be able to guess exactly which way that you were going. Um, sort of with like the the head direction thing at the beginning of, uh, of, of 18 that everybody figured out. Another thing too, I, I sort of wanted to mention, I, I sort of thought of this as you guys were talking about, it, is, that, is that they said that they increased the agility of, of defenders as well as you are jockeying, right? So that should reward people that are, are manually defending and moving around that LT or, or left trigger um, on PS. And another thing too was if you guys want to see like sort of an example of the, you know, a couple of things that we've been talking about with the ball physics, I think there's a very good example of it. I, I put together like a, a Twitter compilation of some of the clips from the trailers and the stream from the other day. I put it on my Twitter. Uh, so shameless plug here, but it actually shows a very good clip of the ball uh, being passed by, I think it's Verratti, out on the wing, and it, it sort of has this view taken from behind the pass that shows the ball curve quite a bit, mm. and it, it, yeah, it looks yeah. really nice. It, you know, something that I think could be pretty authentic. I don't know if that's something that's 
you know, really seen all that much on normal passes, if you will. I mean, if you get like a sort of a driven through ball, you, you definitely get some curve on the ball. Uh, but I thought it looked really nice. Mm. And this ball spin was authentic as well. So, you know, something, yeah, that little things like that are nice. Uh, and then another thing too um, was that there's another clip in there that shows just how like sort of, it's a decent example of how the game looks a little bit slower. It almost looks, and maybe I'll get my wrist slapped for saying this, but it almost looks a little bit like Pez in a way. Um, it, uh, oh gosh! <laughs> oh boy! That's getting clipped. <laughs> it, it just—it just looks a little bit. It looks like it's the speed of Pez in a way. Mm. For me, that's not a bad thing. I don't know. I've, I probably like actually this year it didn't happen so much, but generally I'd say for like the past five years, like at least once a year, get really frustrated with Ultimate Team and decide, you know what, I'm going to go play Pez for a little while. Mm. And ultimately, I always come back because I just think EA makes a better game, but it's always interesting and good to see what's out there. And mm. the game speed of Pez is actually like pretty solid. Uh, and I think that boils down, though, to their ball physics and their, uh, like, the whole space and pace of play, which he is talking about here. But, it, like, the last thing on, like, the ball physics for me, I was I was a little bit shocked that FIFA 20 is still going to be on Frostbite. Frostbite was eventually, or was originally, I believe, developed as a first-person shooter engine, and this is a sports game. So, like, how do, I don't understand how we don't have a sports-specific engine yet, but that's neither mm, here nor yeah, there. I think one thing that's worth noting is a lot of people talk about that. Like, Frostbite was originally developed in 2011, as you said, Japes. It was originally developed for a, um, a first-person shooter engine. My layman's understanding of it is just, like, it's, it's just a physics engine, and that physics engine has gone... Uh, has, has undergone three remakes. So, like, it's had Frostbite 1, Frostbite mm. 2, and now we're on Frostbite 3. So maybe that's one reason to sort of think, okay, well, maybe, you know, they're not just, like, <laughs> we're not working on 2011 technology. Maybe it would have been smart for them to have, like, rebranded that and been like, hey, this is... You know, yes. you know, freezer burn now, right? This is the yeah, just call it, just call it like frostbite sports or yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like and just say moments that, frostbite. like, I don't care if it's a, if, if it's a slightly different, different iteration of this, that's yeah. rebrand the engine as like we've amended and built onto it to make it the number one sports engine available yeah. now. And it's used across all of our wonderful best-selling sports right. titles. So, I, I've always thought yeah. that it was interesting that they didn't do that. Like the only thing that they really did is that, as far as I know, is that they changed the logo a little bit every time they upgraded to a new version. Like there's a, actually a pretty cool graphic on Twitter floating around that shows the first picture of it, sort of like the hand of the, the, the logo of the Frostbite engine. And it's how it's changed three times uh, over the course of the iterations. But to your point, James, I don't know why they don't talk about that. Uh, I guess they haven't gotten community feedback that they need to rebrand it. Dead on. Moving on. <laughs> and let's cover the free kick system because we mentioned it earlier. It's back to kind of how it was in FIFA 2003-5, as Chew Boys calling it. And, and having seen video clips and all that kind of stuff, it, it doesn't look like it used to, but it has a similar principle. You're selecting your kind of target, I guess, with a moving crosshair circle thing. And once you've selected the area, you lock it in. And then as you're running up to the ball, you can put spin on it. And a big thing as well, James, uh, I'm sure you saw this as well, that you can time finish those uh, free kicks as well. Oh, I didn't see that. I like that. Mm. I think that's that's cool. I Look, there's going to be... People are giving EA a lot of grief. And I've seen it on Reddit. I've seen it on Twitter about introducing mechanics from past games like the old free kick styles or penalty style whatever however you want to look at it it's stuff that's been there before but like those were good games like i don't i, I think for mm. me i don't have a problem with that because i think it's a better system than the current system and there's always this push and this drive to reinvent the wheel and like sometimes the wheel's just not that broken and it's pos it's like the best option available for creating a specific mechanic so why not use it yeah i don't think it's a big deal and i think it, it a lot of people are pretty pleased with it who've tried it and I think it's a, a nice system and having had discussions earlier this year on the podcast about how I've been able to score free kicks um, this year like fairly regularly I'm a little bit gutted that they're changing it but uh, it seems that nobody else can and well, hardly anyone scored a free kick against me people are always asking whenever I mention it on the podcast asking me how, how I score them and like what are the, the tips and so I think it is one of those things that did need looking at because yes to an extent people have to learn it but I think it was very hard to get feedback from the current system on things like how much curve I'd given it, how much you'd managed to impact the ball, essentially. It was really hard to kind of see that or visualize it that well. And obviously, when you're using different free kick takes and stuff, that becomes even more difficult. And a lot of my 
ability to do it is basically just because it hasn't really changed that much over the past kind of couple of years so i guess i, I got used to it but it is pretty uh pretty difficult currently and i think it's pretty inaccessible so i think it's quite good that they're they're making a change on that front i think we should go to a break and after that we're going to talk about something we actually discussed on the patreon podcast last week just been talking about player switching and there's actually a new way of, of switching players so join us again in just a, a moment and we're going to talk about team of the season a little bit as well Well, the break gives us an opportunity to announce the winner of the Goal and Squad of the Month competitions for May. Last week's Squad of the Month, you could say, was slightly hipster in its uh, position swaps and players. More of a super squad this month. Yeah, look, he's got the 96 team of the season Aguero and the player of the year Van Dyke. Oh, and a certain Vieira on the bench. Uh, (laughs) So, like, that just gives you an idea of where it is. Obviously, he's got Goretzka up there, too, so I'm a fan of that. But he he has the red Kai Havertz, which I'm extremely jealous of. And the rest of the team is just credit card FC. Yeah, I mean, he's got Team of the Year Modric, Team of the Year Ramos, Team of the Year Ronaldo. The way he sets it up, he's got uh, Havertz up front, which is quite nice. Modric and Cam, Central Cam, which is an interesting choice. I think he's not considered a a very meta player, so it's quite nice to see him in the Cam position. Well, Uh, time out, time out, time out. He's not meta, but the way the squad is set up is so that you can just cross it to the back post. Like, this is a sweatily set up. You are using the Team of the Year Cristiano Ronaldo as your left attacking mid and using R9 Ronaldo as your right attacking mid. Like, I'm sorry, but me and Eyes or whatever his name is, we're going to have some words here, friend. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, congratulations to AISE or Eyes for winning this month's Goal of the Month. It is a particularly high-powered squad, but if you fancy entering the competition, it doesn't need to be high-powered. It can be different, it can be unique. But moving on to the Goal of the Month, Japes is going to be deciding the winner live on this week's podcast. Two options for you. So let's look at the first. He's got Ibrahimovic heading out wide. You probably know what's coming next. They'll abuse the mechanics. He actually does a uh, Rabona cross to put the ball in, which gets him a few bonus points, and then finishes it with a bicycle. Japes, because you've decided straight up off-air diss that goal because it involved an El Tornado cross, I'll let you describe the, the winning goal, which is from Lewis. Yeah, so this is, he's probably, what are we, 35 yards out here. He takes a free kick and he, rather than trying to send it into the far post and score a header, he just sort of like dinks it up and over the wall a little bit to the left and he goes for a bicycle kick from outside the box and he nails it. And it's a, it's a really cool goal. And it's, um, I think he scores with Eden Hazard now that I'm watching it, but is it something that you'd expect to see in real life? No, but is it something you, in theory, could see a player attempt in real life? The answer Mm. to that is yes. Never will I ever see Zlatan Ibrahimovic running down the wing as a wide player to do an El Tornado and then try to hit a Rabona in to the box. Uh, So enjoy. I am not voting for you. Gagan impressing Lewis. You, my friend, are the goal of the month. Nice. And, uh, of course, you can enter your goal of the month um, if you're a patron any tier of the patron and it may well be roasted by japes we'll have to find out um, in future weeks um, and if you want to sign up and support the podcast keep it going all you have to do is google patron for weekly podcast and it will come up and there's loads of fantastic perks for you to enjoy right let's get back into the second half hello and welcome back after the break obviously still joined by air japes and jamie and actually uh japes pointed something out quite interesting during the break, Japes, uh, do you want to fill people, fill people in on what you said? Yeah, I just, uh, you know, for the first half of the pod, Jamie has been saying they a lot. And starting tomorrow, he's going to have to switch over to the infamous we once he officially <laughs> yeah. joins EA. But Jamie, are you looking forward to getting started tomorrow morning? What time, what time are you in? Yeah, obviously looking forward to it. But um, I get in, I think I'm supposed to be there by eight. Uh, I, I'm just uh, yeah, just imagining you. Uh, the thing is, I'm not imagining you walking into the office. I'm imagining your cartoon face from your Twitter account uh, walking yes. into the office. Yeah, maybe I'll go in with a printout. <laughs> yeah, in fact, by the time this podcast out, you would have already been in the EA offices. So working there, probably learning the ropes. But yeah, what we we're going to talk about was player switching. And that's because we discussed it in last week's Patreon podcast, got a lot of quite interesting ideas um, from people um, submitting their kind of own thoughts on it. And what Two Boys said is that there's a new system of players switching, basically instead of um, changing player, flicking the stick, you know, relative to the position of the player that you've currently got selected, you can also do it. So it's, it's an option. You can do it based on the, the uh, position of the ball at that particular time. I'm not sure 
having had a little insight, Japes, that you're that excited about this. At least you, you want to see how it pans out. But I actually think this could be quite good because let's say, for example, you're trying to switch to a player, kind of gone back and selected essentially the wrong player, I suppose, too far back. And you've got to flick through multiple players to get to a player who's going to impact the ball. In this situation, I guess if you're not on that, then it means that you're able to flick and switch to a player who's quite close to the action and, and can actually make an impact. Yeah, I, look... <laughs> As you alluded to, I I am just going to hold off on forming any sort of opinion on this until I actually use it. And you can say good or bad, whatever, like this is amazing, this is terrible, but ultimately it's all hocus pocus, smoke and mirrors until you get your hand on a controller and you can actually see and tell how it feels. But ultimately what I hope out of it is that there's not one like best switching mechanic and then depending on your defensive play style perhaps there's like a good way of playing and defending and switching for you versus mm. like ultimately you have to play four two three one narrow of defensive switching so uh, i just i just hope this creates options to create defensive personalities or play styles mm. and, and let's just as you've had to suffer through answering that why don't I ask you about something you really wanted to talk about? <laughs> Chaining skill moves has been quite controversial, and I know it's something that you are keen to uh, keen to chat about. So, what's your what's your take on that? Yeah, so I like with chaining skill moves. I think that I'd actually like to see the ability to chain skill moves, and I, I don't want to see chaining the same skill moves over and over again. And this goes to like mm. a whole new discussion for me on three star, four star, five star skillers. And if you are a like, I'd like to see the ability to chain in some ways chain skill moves that aren't of the same skill level with varying levels of error based on like a dribbling and ball control rating. But mm. I like I always go back to I think every player in the game should be able to do every skill move and their success or failure should be able should be dependent on their dribbling stat and uh, if you're going to use a lot of skill moves or not use a lot of skill moves like that's down to a personal preference and play style but like I don't know. I've certainly seen center backs do a chop or a, you know, maybe not see, let me rephrase that, not necessarily seen them do it, but they're certainly capable of doing it. They're like all of these wonderful professional footballers that are supremely talented with the ball at their feet are certainly capable of pulling off lots and lots of different skill moves. And so I'd like to see a, Perhaps it's more of a variety of skills be given to a bigger variety of players. I think that makes the game more interesting and makes this idea of space and 1v1 areas uh, more unique. But for me, like the chaining of skill moves together is like it's not a problem unless it's the exact same skill move. Yeah, yeah. And actually specifically certain skill moves this year, really. It's not like chaining... I know, the Ronaldo chop multiple times or the spin is actually that effective. It's mainly been La Croqueta and um, one other one, which I forget, Elastica. Oh, the uh, Elastico, exactly. So I do think they've a little bit gone in too hard on this, basically. And I'm hoping that they pull back from it because the community outrage in some yeah. ways about this. Yeah, because like, if you want to go out there and throw like two Elasticos back to back, like go ahead and do it, but the success rate of something like that. Like, I think the sh success rate should have to do with the level of skill move as well. Throwing two five-star skills back-to-back -back should be... The, the chances of the second five-star skill coming off successfully should be far lower than if you were to throw, like, two two-star skills back-to-back. -back. Like, certainly you could do two step-overs in a row and not have a problem. You know what I mean? Like, mm. the same with if you wanted to do, like, back-to-back -back roulettes, I, I don't think that should be like the second one. Sure, you can have error depending on the player, but certainly some players should be able to pull something like that off. The one thing that made me nervous about and I, and I agree with the hard counter to people doing multiple of the same skill moves in a row. Like I think, you know, it, it, this goes beyond skill move balancing. I think if you can chain certain skill moves like Lacrocreta and Elastico in a row uh, back to back, no matter how you balance that skill move, you know, just in a singular execution, there's still going to be ways to manipulate that doing back to back to back. And plus, like the thing about doing a singular skill move in a row is it doesn't take all that much skill, especially something like Lacrocreta, because you just hold down LB and then do the ball roll. So I, I understand why if they're going into next year, they're going to keep a skill move like Lacrocreta, they're going to keep the, the Elastico or maybe any other skimmers that they're going to be adding next year. There's a couple on the clips that actually look pretty interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, it looked really nice, yeah. Um, I, I would understand the hard counter to the same skill move in a row, but I think it, it takes a tremendous amount of skill 
to do back-to-back school moves uh, of that are, that are different, right? And to mm-hmm. me, when I heard them adding like error, to me that just as as someone that plays this game a lot and and tries to take it very seriously, that just screamed like adding RNG. And I I'm not a huge yeah, fan you know, of that I, at all. You're you're totally right. I think I've changed my mind in some ways right here. Like from a whether it's a competitive or control standpoint, like if I can do skills like up and down the pitch, like good for me. Why don't we why don't we make tackling better? And they've talked about that, but like why don't like let's just make it so that if you're a good manual defender, you can shut skills down no problem. Mm. Like mm. I think the big thing is, which I think a lot of people are frustrated about, is it feels like really the thing that's OP is that Elastico and the La Croqueta, not the uh, fact that It's because you can't tackle right, right? those. It's yeah. because yeah, like, no yeah, matter yeah. how hard you try, like you're, whether it's the tackling mechanic or the, def- like you can put yourself in a great position to stop someone from doing La Croqueta and he'll seem to just sort of like glide by you. Yeah. Like ultimately that's the problem. It's not that you could do multiple La Croquetas in a row and same thing with Elastico. It's that you can't, there's no counter to actually be able to defend it the same way you and, would in real life. And, and that's the problem. Him, and if you tackle him, you foul him. It's the same thing with the, uh, the alternado as well it, like your player doesn't like lock onto the ball the only way that you can get in there is if the ball just happens to hit your player model like in the air like it's not like there's like an animation that has someone stepping in and lunging in to take the ball out of the air your player just kind of stands there like an idiot it's the same thing with a lock roquetta is if you as, as japes is saying if you like you can't really tackle him it, but if you're in the position where he's like lock roquetting two unless you position yourself perfectly you're you're gonna foul him which is frustrating for penalties. <laughs> yeah, I think there's probably a happy marriage or a happy medium in there where you have to time skill moves in a way that's reflective of how the ball is like moving or bouncing better mm. to be to truly have success with them. Because like some of the skill, like we've seen it this year, obviously like chaining an Elastico off of an El Tornado or something should be really freaking hard because the ball is mm. up in the air and being able to do that. But if you're running and the ball is roll, running smoothly along the floor, then going for an Elastico is totally fine. Or if you've stopped the ball, going for an Elastico, totally fine. But when you chain skill moves and specifically skill moves that put the ball up in the air in any way, shape or form, I, I think the timing of the skill and how that interacts with the game is what should be really looked at there yeah yeah i totally agree with that actually some of the stuff too with like being able to take like a fake shot out of the air like that kind of stuff is is yes. is, is something that requires a little bit of tweaking too mm. yeah one thing just to wrap up our chat about fifa 20 one of the patron priority questions comes from uh, mr nilio he's a new patron actually so welcome to him what he says is what is going to be the feature for fifa 20 to try and make the foot ecosystem more attractive to casual players you obviously had SBCs, uh, he was saying, and you had objectives, and obviously rivals was maybe something to get more casual players online, I guess. Do you have any ideas of what we might see, Jamie, for Ultimate Team to try and do that? So there are certainly things that um, are are definitely going to be targeted to casual audience, uh, but I think that's probably something that is is planned to be revealed maybe a little bit later in uh Later, because yeah, I, I feel like I think there's an understanding, right, an admission on EA's part that there needed to be a more casual mode within foot this year. Is is, is the way I've seen it. Japes as as a sort of hardcore player, maybe you don't play the game as much as you used to, but you're certainly a committed foot player. I'd say I, I think I I think I'd still get classified as a hardcore player. Like I probably will have play close to a thousand games or so by the time this oh, okay, year's yeah, done. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, say, I, I just spend like rather, and I've always been this way. Like look, there has to be time and thought and consideration given to players that aren't going to start the year by dropping a couple thousand dollars or going to spend a couple hundred hours like trading to get to their top team right away that would rather just spend a couple like a hundred hours or whatever playing the game like I, I just you you are building a game for people to play it so let's reward them for logging in and consistently playing the game yeah and I, I guess in terms of going back to the question what can EA do to entice players casual players to stay in foot and i think what you've actually just outlined there is is exactly what needs to be done um those kind of players that people can obtain through those kind of means that are not necessarily as hardcore focused i suppose will encourage people to stick with it 
for sure. And like foot swaps was a fantastic addition. It's so simple. Mm. It's so straightforward. And everybody that wants to log in and play, like some of the objectives may be like a little challenging to complete ish. They're not that bad um, though. I think. No, I think but, but they're to never the that bad. The <laughs> exactly. And if you're logging into foot every day or even like a handful like i don't do all of the foot swaps and some of them i get just by like completing objectives but even if i get to like that seven or to nine range or whatever like i feel pretty good about that i get a player that i wouldn't have had otherwise just for playing the game like i normally would and like that feels really really good and peter mcconnell asks on twitter what is uh, your favorite team of the season player so far jamie i know you've been traveling at the moment so you might have not had much of a chance to play with team of the season players uh, you're moving to Canada but have you had a chance to try out a team of the season I have I've actually been playing more than I've played uh in the in the past four days than I have in the past like two months uh just because I've well you want to have you know do research before you of course you right. go to work somewhere right <laughs> um but so this is sort of an underrated pick I'm not going to pick like I've been using team of the season Ben Yetter he's he's incredible Team of Season Sancho is really good. But I'm going to actually call out Team of Season Brandt. He is mm. obviously in the, in the Team of Season Ooh, for the Bundesliga. spicy. And uh, he has been a revelation for me. He's, he's mm. absolutely fantastic. He's surprisingly good at dribbling. Actually, that's probably not surprising. He's like something like 93 dribbling. But he's very quick. He's got a very good shot on him. The only thing that sometimes let him down is his composure seems to affect him just a little bit if he's finishing inside the area. But his he's very well equipped to take advantage of the first-time shot meta. And I've I just had a ton of fun with him. He's very quick. He's, he's sort of that like quick nippy player that actually is decent at tackling as well, uh, just because he's so fast. Uh, and and he's got he's got he's got twenty eight standing tackle. Right, but he's like good enough. He's, <laughs> he's sort of like he, he reminds me of um, uh, some of those like bigger bodied attackers like uh, Anthony Martial, if you remember from like a FIFA seventeen. Yeah, he's got really really high agility. Yeah, he's that, that's an interesting thing. Like I, I love this when people. We'll talk about a player and say, oh, he's this. And it's like, why is he like this? Because actually his stats don't necessarily reflect that. But he, in terms of the sort of, you were saying he's good at tackling or he's effective defensively. Yeah. That's probably because, as you said, he's like six foot one. And he's, I keep going on about body types at the moment, but he's six foot whatever. But And he also is a normal body type. He's not like a, a lean body type. So he's, yeah. his, his player model is like a decent size right on the pitch. Yeah. So he's going to... Yeah, he, he really does remind me of of a, of a, of a sort of a prime Martial in, in FIFA 17. Or was it night? Was it was it seventeen hmm. or was it eighteen? Who was just who's actually really good at defense as well? Yeah, seventeen definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, Japes, what about you? Are you recommending Brand as well? Uh, I haven't used Brand. I've been I've been <laughs> toying around with it. I have the coins for him right now, and I rock a. I've got like a full Bundesliga side, so mm-hmm. not that's why I asked. Yeah. yeah, not unsurprising there. Goretzka, the team of the season SBC, is just super super fun to use. He's such a great mm. player. I also did that flashback Thomas Muller who is like great like very very feels like so i went out, i did the ribery spc and the robin spc oh, and jealous. i felt i ended up doing the muller one because i was like a Bayern fan and or even just a fan of these players in general like this is probably the last fifa that i'm ever going to get to play with high rated versions of these cards so like mm. people you know I'll, i'm going to go on a bit of a uh, veer off in a different direction here, but people talk all the time of like, is this SBC worth it or is it not worth it? And I would say if you're a fan of a certain player, like Robin Van Persie mm-hmm. be like a great example. Um, if you're a fan of a certain player and there's an end of an era or a flashback or that sort of thing, like just do the card. You're likely never gonna be able to use a card f- like that rating for this, like that player ever again. So, uh, that's ultimately how I ended up like deciding to do Robin and Ribery. And I, I haven't had, and Muller, Muller as well, but I haven't had as much fun as I am now using those type of players like for the entire year. So mm. uh, that's been interesting. But I got Kimmich in the upgrade, and Kimmich's just a great, versatile little player. I think also, hilariously, I play a lot of 3-5-2 at the moment. And from the Bundesliga side, you've got Halstenberg, the left back from Red Bull, and DaCosta, who obviously everybody is familiar with. And playing them as your left center back and right center back is actually hysterical because both of them end up with like 99 pace, are six foot two, and have like perfect defensive rating. So mm-hmm. they're just absolute animals. And I use DaCosta as my center back mm. more often than not. Oh, yeah, he is an outstanding center back. And it is time to move on to the rundown of the Serie A team of the season. 
it's a lot better than La Liga, I have to say. Uh, Jamie, is there anyone there that you'd want to pick out? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to butcher his name. Quagliarella, I think is... I think Quags. Yeah. Foot legend. He he looks remarkably good. I, I mean, four star, four star. I think pretty big bodied. Yeah, finesse out trait, phenomenal stats all around. So he would be, you know, in my four wins of weekend league. I would love to get him. Yeah, I, I love the look of him as a cam. You know, he, he's ninety eight strength. He's actually fairly decent pace. I was going to put engine on him. He boosts that pace and that dribbling as well. Although he's he's pretty much maxed out on his dribbling, shooting, and passing is phenomenal. So I think he'd be a really good cam. The only drawback is maybe he's medium, medium, which a cam sometimes is a bit of an issue. I I, I think he looks like a an outstanding card. He's also got an interesting uh, story. If anyone um, wants to listen to something interesting about Quagliera, if you look up Totally Football Show. Quagliera will come up as a, a podcast and uh, I, won't, I won't spoil it but it's it's a really interesting story so look that up if you fancy another podcast listen after this but yeah sorry let's go back to Serie A bit of a tangent Japes do you have anyone in here that you're thinking yeah I, for my play style like I'm eyeing that Fabian uh, I think he's four star four star as well and like I'm a huge fan of the engine chem style but as a box to box I think with his size and his medium medium, which is totally fine in that situation. So uh, I just think he looks really nicely well-rounded and he's got like 90 interceptions maybe just mm. base stats. So don't really need to bump that. But for, I think he was going for under 200 K when I saw him last. And for me, that's like an accessible card that'll certainly add value to uh, a lot of different teams that, that could, that could use a player in that position. Then just for the sake of having a super, Super obnoxious player to bring off the bench later on, like Alejandro Gomez, I think would be hilarious. So <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's, just, he's probably horrible to play against, isn't he? He's one of his. Well, yeah. I, I tend to make substitutes around the 60th minute, and I think he'd be versatile enough to bring on in multiple different spots that he'd complement mm. my uh, red and blue Bernardo Silva very well because mm. I got Bernardo Silva in my rewards and also in my upgrade. So. Uh, that one of them sits in the club, I rotate them depending on who's performing. <laughs> I myself wanted to bring up a player who's one of the cheaper options in the team. I know many of you listening probably are, are far beyond the point of uh, cheap beasts, but it's so the centre-back for Torino looks really good. Oh, yeah. He's really quick. When you put Shadow on him, he's 99 acceleration, 96 sprint speed. Defending is maxed out. He's got 97 aggression, 91 strength, 90 jumping, and his agility is decent, 78. His balance is 77. And then you can imagine what I'm about to say now. 94 reactions, 93 composure, which is fantastic. And I do think it's still important on a centre-back, having decent composure, and 98 short passing as well. So for 200k, I I honestly think there are probably not many centre-backs out there that are better than him. He is six foot, but I think with the jumping, uh, you could put anchor on him just get to Costa. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> I think, well, other than that, you've obviously got Jao Cancelo probably now he's had headliners and, or did he have headline? I don't know. He's had so many different iterations at this point of mm, right mid card and yeah. ones to watch and all these different ones. But now he's probably settling nicely as like the best right back in the game. But yeah, beyond I, that, I, I couldn't argue with that. Yeah, yeah. A uh, Devon Zapata card from Atalanta, the Colombian striker, also is like yeah. a, a pretty interesting card. And it's one of those you like look at it and you're like, oh, I don't know, that passing rating's terrible. But he's got 98 short passing, so like don't don't knock it. But with an engine chemistry style at like six foot two, I think he goes to a, like a 98 rated striker or something like that. Which mm, is yeah, cool. I think it'd be fun. It's a shame because in head to head, I think he got an upgrade to four star skills, mm. but it didn't happen mm. in time or something. He would have been an absolute beast if he'd been four foot monster. Four star. Yeah, yeah, monster. Really good. If you tried any players here, feel free to get in touch. Let us know how you how you found them. You can do that at footweeklypod or footweekly at mail.com. Just send us a, an email or a tweet about anything and we may well discuss it. And I enjoy getting to all your um, comments and feedback either way. So let's um, wrap up. Thank you very much to you both for being on this week's podcast. Been a pleasure. Jamie, um, good luck. And uh, I hope it's already gone well, if that makes sense, because by the time people are listening, it will have happened. You will have arrived. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Ben. And uh, we, we hope to have you back over the course of your stay at EA. Yeah, that's that's uh, definitely one of my goals as well. I mean, I think... You might only be able to chat about gameplay, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> he'll, just, well, he'll just be saying we. <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing, if I could, if you'll, if you'll humor me for a second here, I do kind of want to plug this. I think... I don't want people thinking that if I go silent for a couple of weeks that it's because I've like given up and I've gone to the dark side. 
I am, you know, not, I don't have any technical training or specific training, technical wouldn't be the word, but I don't have any specific training in like community engagement. So, you know, I would completely understand if they wanted me to essentially just keep my mouth shut for a couple of weeks and and not sort of Mm. be someone that talked about, you know, especially live content at the beginning. So, you know, for what it's worth, like my personal goal is to be as transparent and is to provide as much information as as where, when appropriate as we can or as I can. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's not that I'm not trying to do that. It's that, you know, there's probably going to be some restrictions on me, especially at first. On the other hand, you know, you're not working on gameplay. So having the thoughts of an elite player, you know. <laughs> and James, it's been a pleasure to have you. It's, it's always good to uh, have you on. And, and you've been doing some commentary over the last few months, actually. And, and we met at the EMLS event. Have you got any uh, any more coming up over the summer? Or have you, got, have you got plans to do more? Not at this point. I certainly would enjoy getting a little more, getting a few more commentary gigs over the course of FIFA 20. But only time will tell there. But definitely, definitely have a blast doing it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you very much for coming on it's always great to have you thank you and also i'm saying goodbye to them now but you will hear them on next week's podcast because we're going to be chatting about time finishing you can hear all that and much more in the bi-weekly podcast exclusively for patron listeners um, which are really helping to support this podcast and keep it going on a weekly basis so if you want to check that out then uh, there'll be a link in the description of this podcast use code edgeapes for five percent off <laughs> and of course the very last thing to say is thank you listeners for joining us this week you keep this podcast going and so does foothead our patrons and our icon patrons alistair alan m anthony r chris g chris w colmo r Sila p dan w darren w dom gabe n Jason, Johan P, Mark A, Martin M, Matt H, Matthew L, Paul, Rob P, Roger D, Sam M, Savage P, and Tyler M. It's been great to have you. See you again next week. Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.